Hello, event hustlers, and uh, welcome to Taxi Talk Unscripted, our bi-weekly podcast where we bring you guys along with us for a little behind the scenes with uh, some event hustlers that we're in the field with all the time. We talk to some phenomenal people about companies, brands, the power of the events industry, and uh, and just have some very candid conversations. So this is sort of like your eavesdrop into that world, and uh, and we hope that you'll learn some really cool things about some best practices, and we love to hear about horror stories, which I know we have an abundance of. So before we get started today, I want to make sure we give a big, big shout-out to our proud sponsor, Splash, the only all-in-one event marketing platform that your designer will love as much as you do. And uh, we've used them and have worked with them a number of times. And uh, brands like Red Bull, Budweiser, and Facebook use them. So trust me, if you've never tried them before, you're going to love them. So to learn more about Splash, you could head over to splashthat.com or you could check them out at taxitalk.com for more information. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to my trusty co-host, Liz King. Thanks, Ed. Um, Today we have an interview with one of my favorite people in the events industry, uh, Mike McCallan. He is uh, the CEO and founder of Grass Shaft Events and Media. He also hosts I believe, the longest-running podcast in the events industry called The Meetings Podcast. He um, has done some meeting production for some of the biggest companies in the world, like Wells Fargo, Oracle, Yahoo. Um, I can remember the first time I met Mike McCallan, which was at an event farm in Chicago. This was at least face-to-face the first time I met him. Um, One of the warmest, nicest people that I've met in the industry and uh, I guess that's kind of a big introduction <laughs> for Mike. But, Mike, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. We're so excited to get to know you a little bit better. Thank you, Liz. What a nice, nice um, intro. I don't know what to say. I, I can't say anything. <laughs> this is um, – and I think I only got, like, a small piece of all the things that you do in the industry and the ways that you've worked with people and um, – I am very impressed and inspired by you always. I remember meeting you at event camp in Chicago and just feeling like you were so knowledgeable. I mean, you were hustling hard to do all the work that you did for that event. But um, it's been a pleasure to keep in touch with you and see all the things you've done in the past few years. Um, When was that? Was that like 2010? Well, was it Chicago or was it the – did you go to the New York one? The event camp? No, I missed no? New York. And then you went and to then that I one. And I met you in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember you uh, you, you had like a plea out to get there or something. What was that? You were trying to get yeah, there. Yeah, can you help me with that? <laughs> I thought it was so great that you were hustling to get out there. It was awesome. You know, it's so fun to, because uh, <laughs> it's been fun to watch your rise in the industry too, of all the great things you've been doing. It's really cool. I mean, talk about inspiring, um, you know, as I've been in it forever. You know, it's you, you get older. It happens. You get older, and um, and then you look, and then you kind of lose that drive. And there's people like you, you know, Julius, other people that I think, oh wow, you know, they're doing all this new stuff all the time, and really, you know, pumping out the content and making, you know, being uh, being very helpful to the industry. And I think that's such a cool thing. And I tried to do that with the podcast, um, but you know, you, so you and some others have taken it to another level, which is awesome. 
Well, that's very nice of you to say, but I definitely don't think you have lost your drive. Um, you're always doing innovative things. I mean, speaking of the podcast, how long have you been running that? You're the longest running podcast in our industry, right? Yeah, I've, I get, yeah, we must be. I, I started it in 2005, I think, or six. I think it's six, 2006, around there somewhere. So, you know, we, and I started doing it with some, I just, you know, having the um, production company, I was, I was, I I have been always looking for new things, you know, to see what can we offer up our clients. And then the podcasting for me always seemed like such a great thing because you get away from your screen, right? You're, you can go on a hike or, you know, work in the yard or cook or do whatever and listen to stuff instead of having to sit in front of your computer and you can stop and start it. So I thought right away, what a cool thing. And then I was addicted to listening to them was the other thing. So um, that's kind of been my play, but I've always tried to do new things and try out new things. The problem is there's so much stuff now that it's just impossible, you know, and it's nice like you, you guys do a lot of that, like kind of make it easier to, to understand what's going on with these different platforms and, technologies and stuff but uh, anyway uh, did that's I answer your question I'm sorry I just started chatting away <laughs> you did no that's as podcast, great. As, so, as podcasters you know we can keep talking and talking and talking <laughs> exactly we can sit here all day every time we're like that could not be over already is it <laughs> yeah yeah but let's, so for our listeners who maybe don't know you as well can we take it back to the beginning I know my understanding is that you were trained in firefighting and emergency medicine before coming into the events industry. Um, how did you make that transition? Well, um, I know one of your questions is, what did I want to be, you know, as a kid? Um, and I wanted yeah. to be a fireman. I wanted to be a fireman, and so I kind of went to school and uh, became a fireman after college. I went to college, went to a fire academy and worked as a fireman for about eight years. And then I got injured on a fire, broke my knee really badly. And in fact, now it's starting to bother me again, which is weird as the age thing comes, uh, it's starting to get a little sore. Um, and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I was basically retired because it was broken so badly. Um, and then when I got home, I, um, I, I got a, my roommate, I, and I lived in San Francisco with all these girls as roommates. They weren't my girlfriends, uh, unfortunately. They were just all roommates. Mm-hmm. And we, um, <laughs> we, uh, they, one of them worked for an, uh, a company uh, that did production, so I started doing production that way and got into it through her. I became a PA and worked my way up. Um, but within my own, I worked my way up in the production company, finally um, staffing all the shows all over the world for them. Um, and then I decided to start it out on my own. So I started my own production company and that was 14 years ago and um, just started doing it myself, you know, much like you did, Liz, you know, started doing something and then jumped into it. I don't have any formal training. It was all just, you know, hustling and trying to get clients. And, and I find I like doing that the best. I like the, the sales portion of it. Um, as you know, running a business is pretty tough. But so basically what we do here at at Grashack is we do media production and we do all the media around it. So everything you see and hear when you walk in the room on the screens, we also produce that. So the look and feel of the event, uh, we talk to the clients and figure out what kind of, um, what do they want that person either attending an event or watching a video or listening to a podcast? What do you want them to walk away and go do what kind of action? And that's kind of what, did I answer your question or did I say too much? No, that was perfect. 
just for looking out, we want to hear uh, certainly a lot, a lot more of who you are, you know, in terms of grass shack and, and the many hats that you wear uh, as a podcaster and so on. But I'm just kind of curious because I know uh, it's sort of like a known thing, like, the, you know, a boy growing up wants to be a policeman or a fireman. <laughs> In particular, the fireman thing, and this is something I guess uh, I'm just fascinated by, just the idea, I think maybe it's sort of grand when you're a kid, but to actually follow through and to to go ahead into that field, I just, what what in your mind or soul, should I say, makes you want to run towards a fire, a burning fire and pull people? I'm just fascinated by that kind of uh, heroics or, you know, what do you think it was for you that made you want to uh, do this voluntarily? Uh, I just think it, it was just kind of a, I don't know, I like helping people. It's like, that's kind of my, I like helping people. And it was kind of a cool, it was really the best job ever. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, but when you say running into a fire, it's like, the thing with that is, is like, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking like, like you're working in an event. You're thinking like all the things you have to do, you know, it's not like there's any time to really think about I'm running into a fire. I mean, of course, when you're in the fire, you're thinking, holy crap, I'm in a fire, you know, (laughs) but you have so many other things going on. It's like, it's just like, you have all these things you have to do. You're part of a team, like an event, you know, you have to make sure you do your portion. So the other portions work, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Actually, it's a, it was a fun job and it was a real team effort. It was never, you're never doing anything by yourself. Now, as you made the transition over into this events world, uh, what do you think were some of the skills? I know you sort of alluded to the fact that it is sort of like events. And I know we use that analogy. We even have a t-shirt uh, that likens events to fires or event planners yeah. we do, uh, to, to burning fires. But what do you think uh, you transitioned with in terms of skill set or, or previous experience from these two very different worlds? Yeah, I think that's the main portion of it. I like the, the team effort of it. I like that people work together. Um, it is funny, you know, you say you're putting out fires. And I remember my boss at my last job um, before I started my company, the owner telling me, you know, you know, I you don't be scared about doing this. And I was just thinking to myself, nobody's going to die here for this event. You know, when before it was like people would die if you didn't do your stuff correctly or, you know, at least you didn't, you know, give it your 100%. So it was that's kind of the, it's the same, it's the same kind of thing, except there's nobody dying, hopefully. Though your clients sometimes think people are going to be dying. <laughs> that is definitely you know, true. <laughs> it's totally true, yeah. So it is like, that's the funny thing. Like, you you know, the whole duck analogy of, you know, you just have to be like calm on the top of the water and you're you're going like crazy everywhere else. So that makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> So then um, I know that you are kind of the king of all things, at least in my mind, the king of all things audiovisual and production, um, especially on the media side. Is this something that you just have, I mean, I know you said you kind of jumped in and learned it along the way. Um, for people who, I guess, don't know that much about these these portions of the events or the sector of the industry, um, are there any especially good resources that you would recommend people check out to learn more about this stuff? 
Well, I mean, I think there's a big division. It's been interesting how the industry has gone. It's, you know, there's AV companies and then there's production companies, but they've kind of combined now. And and it's in the in in the past, it was like you know, I would work with an AV company. They would give me a big discount on whatever the show was, so I could make some money as producing the event. So the actual uh, nuts and bolts of labor and equipment is different than the actual production side which is the creative and talking with the client and actually running the show calling the show you know talking to them about how the flow of the show would work it's interesting you say that about resources and i think there's a lack a lack of that sort of resource in the industry of saying there's two separate things here we're talking about you know there's the there's the attendee experience the creative um you know you talk about the av and labor all the bells and whistles that go along with the AV, you know, hey, that's cool, you know, let's have a pyro or something, you know, but does that really go into the flow of the event? And I think when you ask me that question, I really think there is kind of a lacking in the industry of that, you know, separation of, you know, you'll go to a industry event and PSAV will have this huge, you know, Thing of all the cool stuff you're going but when you get to the property level and you're talking to that psav guy he has no idea what's going on there and i'm generalizing it maybe some of it but you know as you know you work with different av companies in these different places and there's just such a disconnect there and i think a lot of meeting planners don't want to deal with that they want to do more logistics they don't want to get into the real meat of the meetings um so yeah i i, I want to throw out a resource that i um but I think that's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm yeah. saying, actually. No, I'm, and I know <laughs> that that's, or at least I think that's where AV for Planners came from, was, you know, at least on the AV side, trying to educate and give people resources to make better decisions mm-hmm. around AV. Can you tell people a little bit more about that or just how so, that started? And Yeah, so I started a, a uh, uh, with John Trask, and I, John Trask, has been a salesman for me. He doesn't work with me anymore, but he was a sales guy for me at Gresham for a number of years. And he was one of the initial guys I started the podcast with. And he and I and another guy named Tom Hilmer, who's from Chicago, he works for a third party planner. We did a roundtable of AV production and um, planning. That was how the meeting podcast started. Um, oh my God, I'm losing my train of thought. What was the question again? <laughs> AV, AV for planners. Well, AV for planners. Okay, so, so sorry. So then we got going on the production stuff, but I found all my um, proposals we were doing all the time, they all just wanted to talk about the money. They didn't care about what was happening in the meeting, really. It was like, okay, what's the bottom line of the labor and audiovisual, which they should. Um, but that was always what they talked about. They didn't want to go into like, what do you want your audience to feel or what, you know, they didn't want to talk about any of the kind of the creative, the actual meat of how, why they're having this meeting. They wanted just to talk about this little area. So. John and I built a website that basically brought in the in-house, um, you could get the in-house bid for labor and um, equipment. And then we got two outside bids from other companies that were outside companies and we put them all together. So, and gave the gave the planner a one page um, kind of um, synopsis of what they're getting from all three companies. And then we rated them to say, this is what you should get. But, you know, there was a big things of like the right equipment and labor. So that's why we started to do AV for planners. And we worked on it for about three years. Um, one one company, which I love to talk about was Wells Fargo, who was one of my Grashack clients, which we've had for years. 
Um, right now, Wells Fargo is not the greatest company to be associated with, but um, <laughs> they, they, um, we would do stuff. So they would have their little meetings all over the place. And I would send like a producer and a graphics guy to run it. Right. So the producer would call the show, talk to them about it, but we would just use their national account. I won't mention their name. Um, the, they sent me the budget and they said, this is the budget for the meeting. And we're going to have nothing to do with the budget. I'm just sending these people to go on site and they run the meeting right there. They, have, they get nothing beforehand. It's just, they walk in the door, you know, the day before they do rehearsals with them and they run the meeting that way. And they, and, and the graphics guy cleans up all their, um, their presentations. The bids came in from their national account. And we took two outside accounts. So I have nothing to do with this. Like I'm not get, I'm not making any money from any, any of this. And we just said, let's just run it through to see what it really would look like. This is their national account, which they're supposed to get this huge discount from. They were $30,000 more expensive than the other two, co other two companies. Wow. Plus, plus the equipment was all inferior. Like it was the wrong equipment. It was total cookie cutter. And this is the international account. So it was $30,000. So I sent it back to my, client who no, no longer works at um, Wells Fargo and her head almost exploded like she was so angry right but then I said just take the the one pager and go through it with your your national account you know and say hey I'd like this projector I would like this and I'd like this cut because she could just walk read right down our one pager and and make it exactly what she wanted for the price she wanted and the account guy at the at the AV company was you know he was happy he wasn't like because you know, his job is to make money for his company. It's not, you know, if you don't, if you don't know what's going on in your meeting or how to, you know, who knows all this AV stuff? I mean, there's new stuff every day, right? So it was just very mm -hmm. interesting that she then went through the whole thing and, and it knocked it down. She knocked the price way down. I mean, the 30,000 right off the top. And then she had the right equipment and labor. And so she was sold on it. Then of course she left the company. So she didn't want <laughs> She couldn't get it, but that kind of, so, but, but, but then, so then we, we tried and then last June, I just pulled the plug on it because I was paying for the, you know, the, the built, we built this fantastic website, which is, if anybody wants it, they can call me, <laughs> but I had to shut it down because I had, the, I had these people, the meeting planners like, oh, I don't have a, I don't have a line item for that. And it was like, well, you know, a line item, it's like, you're getting the right equipment and labor, but they also like to go use the in-house, which is just easier. You know, no matter what they're paying, it's just easier to walk in and get it. So anyway, if, if I had like venture behind me or some venture capital or something behind me, maybe we could have pushed it through and made it a new game changer in the industry. But um, I don't, I didn't have the money for it to keep, keep it going. But anyway, that all said, that was AV for planners. And it was a great experience to build. Actually, I had a, it was a, a real huge learning experience. And as you said, I like to do new things. Um, Absolutely. You know, try new things. And so, you know. On to the next thing. That's uh, that's fascinating, and and I guess somewhat disheartening the experience that, because I know we sort of work in in a in you know our, one of our hats is is educating planners on different things that have to do with event tech and and uh, solutions that we find out there. So yeah. uh, your your sort of experience with you know I guess people sort of wanting to do what they've always done, uh, which is either just you know go with whoever the in-house uh, AV operation is or you know they, they, they can't quite figure out how to plug certain things and essentially what you guys were trying to do is to make our lives easier and to save on budget a lot more so uh, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens say you know in the next five years and 
do we still find ourselves in a similar situation? Because I think what uh, you guys are were doing with that was very useful and very needed. So uh, I wonder how we will evolve as an industry as a whole if we will still uh, find that yeah. we're we're assessing these uh, these fees and and AV needs the same way. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's interesting. The whole industry has changed a lot in that in just in in my little piece of the that area. But you know there are a lot of clients that really like it and and I still you know we still do it. We just don't have the. I just I just closed the company basically, but you know. We're still doing them. <laughs> we still do them like like people. There's a few. We still have a few clients from it, but I just moved it over to Grass Shack. I just said, you know, we don't need the whole website for this. I can, you know, do gotcha. it on my own. You know, so, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. You know, it's it's just always trying new things is the way to go. I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe one of our listeners will be, will be an investor in the future. Maybe for planners. <laughs> <laughs> I. I think it's the we new don't rule Liz it out. King of, a new a new uh, maybe just another tab on the uh, Liz King events site. <laughs> we don't need more tabs. <laughs> <out there. laughs> we can't have the ones we have. <laughs> now I know we're we're sort of winding down on time, which always seems to be the issue. And uh, I imagine in in having done as many events as you've done over the time that you've been in this industry, particularly dealing with uh, AV. Do you have any outstanding sort of horror story, which maybe didn't end in horror because uh, you're a professional and you know how to to fix things? Is there anything that stands out to you uh, as a as a near disaster or even uh, an outright disaster, which you're you're happy to laugh about now? Um, yeah, I got a good one. Uh, so I live in Oakland, California. My stage, one of my staging companies, is in Oakland, California, and. The um, not that that matters at all in this whole grand scheme of things, but we were in the city doing a restoration hardware uh, sales event um, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, and the uh, I come downstairs. We were at the event there in San Francisco, and I come down the stairs, and all the union guys are all sitting around the walls. And I talked to my TD and I said, why, why is nothing happening in this ballroom? And he said, well, the set hasn't showed up yet. It's late. And I didn't want to wake you to tell you about this was happening. But a guy had been shot out in front of the door of the uh, company that we were, that that my company here that built the stage. So right out front of the door, the big door that they slide up to drive the truck out, the truck is loaded with the set on it. Um, and they have the chalk line down and all the bullets circled everywhere out front of the place, but they wouldn't let them drive out. So we couldn't get the um, set to the event. So it was a pretty scary thing at the moment for me, uh, trying to figure out how to do it. I mean, a, a much worse for the guy who got shot, but it was a, a it was a pretty bad situation. So we planned it, we were gonna cut the, they were flats, so we were gonna cut the flats with a skill saw. Um, and I was, you know, and then repair them when we got on site. Um, and so they started to bring out the saws and, um, then the cops cleaned up everything and went away and they drove it over and we got everything in in time. And the client came down and I was talking to the client and I had to do the whole calm duck thing. I was terrified inside my head, but it was a huge event. I mean, it was a giant event. It was a giant stage, but it all worked out. That's kind of my horror story. Was that good? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm horrified. <laughs> You're listening. To I kind of, I tried moment. to, sp- I tried to speed it up. Yeah, but that's my horror story. That was it. But it all worked out great. And 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 actually, I waited like 
I think it was two years before I told my client what had happened actually happened. And she's just yeah, you need that. <laughs> you need the statute of limitations to <laughs> expire. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, it was a bad situation. It was like something like I thought they were kidding when they said it. Like somebody got shot. I was like, what? Like, how could that happen? Anyway, that's my horror story. Right. That's the one off the top that's of my head. I might have some other to, uh... That's like literally a horror story. We usually people say something like, oh, my registration list got lost or something. I have another quick one that John told me, and he said that uh, they okay. were doing an event. This this was years ago, and it, they had an elephant that was actually an event that was going to come out on stage, and it died backstage. <gasps> it actually died. No. Wow. And then, and they had to they had to get it out of there. Anyway, that's the story. So I don't I won't go into what they did had to do to get it out of there. But um, pretty horrible. See, wow. you've definitely <laughs> earned your stripes as. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't mean to laugh. R.I.P. Elephant. <laughs> All right, I just told my best things. Things dying. Mike's things dying on events. This should be my new podcast. <laughs> If yeah. we ever collaborate on events, I'll have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Things may die. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Oh, gosh. Well, um, unfortunately, our time is already up. As we mentioned earlier, I feel like we could talk forever, especially because we both podcast or we all three podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you so much for your time and, and for joining us today, telling us a little bit about um, how you got started in the industry. Um, we'd love to have you back. We have to have part two of this, and maybe you have more stories of things dying at events. <laughs> um, I know you have. You've earned your stripes, that's for sure. Um, so thank you so much for your time. For all of those who are listening, if you want to uh, connect with Mike, Further, we will put some information on the blog on TextyTalk.com so that you can get to know him a little bit more and learn from his massive amounts of event experience and expertise. We will be back with our podcast in the next two weeks. And until then, you can catch the recordings of this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on TextyTalk.com. And uh, we will see you next time. Until then, hustle hard.